This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate your watching today. In all probability, we have those watching today for the first time. Thank you for tuning in. We have those watching, I know, that watch every time we come on there because I have you call, I have you write, and you tell us that. Thank you so much for your loyalty in watching, getting to know your Bible. Now today, our subject is entitled, The Titanic and the End of Time. I hope that you'll stay tuned. The Titanic and the End of Time. Now today on our telecast, we're offering a free Bible correspondence course. The course is free. I hope that you will avail yourself of the opportunity to get this fine Bible course in order that you might know more about it and that you might know how to receive it. Let's pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama, 36580, or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I'm going to be reading now from 2 Peter, the third chapter, beginning in verse 7. But the heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise is some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward, to, toward us, not willing that any should perish, that that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, What manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? It was Sunday, April the 14th, 1912, 11.40 p.m. As the Titanic raced across the calm black sea at 22 and a half knots. It was the fifth night of her maiden voyage and it was obvious that she was the most glamorous ship in all the world. Suddenly the lookout rang the crow's nest bell three times and at the same time lifted the phone and rang the bridge. Iceberg ahead was the urgent message. 37 seconds later, a huge boulder of ice towering 100 feet above the sea level ripped into the side of that sailing city 
startling all aboard. This was the beginning of the end for the Titanic. Aboard this little city was the cream of society. There were lawyers, celebrities, presidents of large companies and concerns. There were men with large estates and bank rolls. One 20-year-old man had a wardrobe worth $2,000, and in that day, that was an awful lot of money. One family had 18 trunks for traveling. There were rich men and just average men. There were well-educated men and those not so, nearly so schooled in academic pursuits. But, but all of those aboard the Titanic were confident that nothing could interfere with their voyage. As one man said, even God himself could not sink this ship. There was frivolity and merriment aboard this doomed vessel. There was gambling, drinking, and dancing to the beat of the ragtime band. But then the mood changed, and it was apparent that the ship was in danger. The women and children were ordered into lifeboats, many of them to leave their husbands and fathers behind. Many left their wealth. One man who had left behind $300,000 in stocks and bonds, and he took a life belt in hopes of survival. And of the hundreds on board, there were some 1,500 men, women, and children that went down with that ship. And it is legendary that as the ship began to sink, the band that had been playing music to drink by and to gamble by and to dance by began to play, Nearer, My God to Thee. This tragic incident is typical of the last day. On the last day, men will be busily engaged in the affairs of life. Just a few minutes before that iceberg ripped into the side of that ship, the people were engaged in frivolity and merrymaking. Life was just going on as usual. And that's going to be typical of what will, it will be like when our Lord returns. In Matthew chapter 24, Jesus said, For as in the days of Noah were, so also shall, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. For in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and they were drinking and they were marrying and they were giving in marriage and knew not until the flood came and took them all away. In other words, life was just going on as usual. Paul, in writing about this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, said, And when they shall say peace and safety, then swift destruction shall come upon them. When our Lord comes back and on that last day, life will be going on as usual. Men will get up early to go to work. There'll be women that will be cooking, they will be cleaning, or they will be washing, or they will be preparing to go to their job somewhere. There may be a preacher somewhere studying a sermon for the next Sunday, a sermon that he will never have an opportunity to deliver. On the other side of the world, there may be a child whimpering in its sleep because 
of a lack of food. On that last day, there will be men and women engaged in sin and drunkenness and theft and fornication. There may be some unfaithful Christian who will be saying to themselves, you know, someday I'm going to get my life right with the Lord. There will be thousands and thousands throughout the world buying and selling. There'll be some boy or girl wondering whether or not they need to give their lives to the Lord. You see, when the Lord descends with His holy angels, men are going to be taken by surprise. And they're going to leave their regular routine to keep their appointment with the Lord. Yes, on that last day, men will be busily engaged in the affairs of life. And on that last day, men will leave their friends and relatives, many of them never to see them again. As the Titanic began to sink, the, the women and the children were ordered into the lifeboats. And can you imagine the pain of a father, a husband, seeing his family lowered into a lifeboat, realizing that in all probability he'll go down with the ship and in this life never see his family again. You know, when our Lord comes, there's going to be some separation. One's going to be in the bed and the two will be in the bed. One will be taken and the other's going to be left. Jesus said two women will be grinding at the meal. One will be taken and the other will be left. There's going to be a division. In John 5, 28 and 29, Jesus said, Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming, in which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. As the nations and generations from Adam up until time shall be no more, stand before the Lord on that last day, there will be a separation. In Matthew chapter 25, beginning in verse 31, Jesus said, The Son of Man shall come in His glory, and all of His holy angels with Him. And then shall He sit upon the throne of His glory, and before Him shall, he, shall be gathered all nations, and He shall separate them, as a shepherd divides the sheep from the goats. And as the generations and a people from the time of Adam up until the Lord returns, stand there before the great white throne. There will be a division. There will be a separation. While there may be a faithful Christian husband on one side and an unfaithful wife on the other. There may be a godly father or mother on one hand and an ungodly son or an ungodly daughter on the other. There will be Hitler and Mussolini and all of the evil people that have ever lived on one side and Peter and Paul and James and John and a host of other righteous people on the other. There will be some faithful, godly church member on one hand and there will be one on the other hand who lived an unfaithful life. There will be a faithful gospel preacher on the one hand and there will be a hypocritical rascal on the other. You know, separation in the, th this life is hard. It's really hard. M many of you right now may be separated from someone you love. Maybe they're overseas. Maybe they're in the military. Maybe they're off at college. M maybe they live in another part of the world, another part of the country. And it's hard to be separated from our loved ones.
But can you imagine what it would be to be separated for all eternity? To be separated, not just from people you love, but from God Himself. Yes, on that last day, there are those that are going to leave their friends and relatives behind, never to see them again. And on that last day, men are going to find about the untrustworthiness of this old world. You know the, the mistake of the people on the Titanic? It has, it's the same mistake people have made in every age. Trusting things of this world. You, you see, they were confident that nothing, not even God, could interfere with their voyage. As one man said, not even God himself could sink this ship. Men fail to trust God and trust this world and the things of this world and that is the greatest mistake an individual will ever make. Let me tell you why. When our Lord comes back, this old earth and this old world as you and I know it today is going to be one huge ball of fire. Well, listen to Psalms 102, verses 25 and 26. Of old thou hast laid the foundations of the earth and the heavens of the work of thy hand. They shall perish, but thou shalt endure. You see, everything that God made around us and in the universe is going to be destroyed. But God will endure. Now doesn't it just seem logical to you that an individual will put their trust and their faith and their confidence not in something that could be destroyed eventually but in something that will last for all eternity. And you'll find out how you cannot trust this old world. Why 2 Peter 3 and 10 says the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in the which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements shall melt with fervent heat and the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Well on that last day here's a man who hoarded his money. I mean he was a miser and he would never give a dime to help somebody in need. He would never give a dime to help feed the hungry. He'd never give a dime to help preach the gospel. He just hoarded it. But it'll all go up in smoke on that day. There are churches all across the land that have spent millions and millions and millions of dollars on elaborate buildings but those buildings will burn up and melt in the heat of that day. Their families that worked hard and long to buy a house in which to have their family. And they sacrificed for that house. But on that last day, it will not endure. Here's a young boy who thought that the ultimate in life was to own a new automobile, the fastest one that you could put on the road. 
And he thinks that's the ultimate in life, to have that car. But I've got news for that young man. That car will melt on that day. You see, you cannot trust this world because this world will not last. And that's the reason I encourage men and women, boys and girls everywhere, to put their trust in God. Listen to the psalmist in Psalms chapter 11 in verse 1. In the Lord put I my trust. On that day, when the Lord comes, and the last day, all people are going to be on the same level. You know, when the Titanic began to sink, it really did not matter if you were a Wall Street broker or, or if you were a waitress in Joe's Diner. Oh, the only thing that mattered was survival. And as the long train of nations stand before the Lord on the last day to be judged, their ground is going to be level. And everyone will be judged alike. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 10 says, we shall all give an account of ourselves to God and we're going to, to stand before the judgment seat of Christ to receive the things that have been done in our body, whether those things are good or whether those things are evil. And my friend, that's the most serious thought you'll ever have in your life. But when we stand there, we're going to be on the same level because God is no respecter of persons. It will not matter how much money you had. No, no, no. It's not going to matter if you were a farmer, if you're a doctor, if you're a preacher, if you were the president of the United States, if you were a peasant or the poorest person in town. The only thing that's going to matter is what's your relationship to the Lord. Why, you may have been popular in this life. You may have had your name in lights. But you're going to be on the same level of all people on that day. So then every one of us will give an account of himself to God. And on that last day, there are many who now leave God out of their lives that are going to plead for mercy. The, the, the story is that as the Titanic began to sink, that the band that had been playing music to drink by, to gamble by, to dance by, began to play Nera, my God to thee. And there are those today that take no thought of God. They take no thought of Jesus. They take no thought of the Bible. They take no thought of heaven. They take no thought of hell. But on that day, they're going to turn to God. Why in Matthew 7 and verse 22, Jesus said, Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? 
In thy name cast out devils, in thy name done many wonderful works. But I shall profess unto them I never knew you. There are leaders of nations today who leave God out of their decisions. As a matter of fact, there are leaders of nations today that are actually trying to, to eliminate any sign of God, any influence of God from society today. There are leaders of nations that turn up their nose at the Word of God today. But brother, I can tell you one thing. On this day, they're going to plead for mercy. There are nations that forget God. You and our nation, we've had a motto on our currency for many years, in God we trust. I'm not sure that that could be said of us anymore. It should be. But they're nations that forget God. But one day they're going to remember Him. And it's on that last day that there are preachers that are leaving the Bible out of their so-called sermons. And they're preaching things just trying to make people feel good today. They're preaching things trying to have popularity today. They're preaching things trying to just entertain people today. They're preaching things just trying to get money from people today. But on that day, the tables are going to be turned. And they're going to plead for mercy. They're so-called church members that leave God out. Oh, if you would ask them, are you a Christian? Oh, yes, I'm a Christian. I belong to such and such a church. But if you were to follow them around, you wouldn't be able to tell the difference in their life and a person out here in the world because they leave God out of their life. Oh, on Sunday morning, they put on their Sunday best and they put on their best front as they go to church and as soon as they get in their automobile and leave the parking lot of the church building, there is a dramatic change that comes over their demeanor. And they begin to live just like people out in the world for the rest of the week. But I can tell you one thing. Church members like that on this last day are going to plead for mercy. There are people that are paying little heed to God today, laughing at God today. But the fact is, Payday's coming someday. Jesus is coming back. Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. I know he's coming back. I don't have any doubt about the fact that he's coming back. But the question is on that last day, when our Lord comes, will you be ready? Will you be ready? If He were to come in the next 15 minutes, would you be ready? I have an idea there are millions of people all over America that would be ready. 
and there multiplied millions of others who would not. I want to plead with you to make readiness today to prepare to meet God. Not because I say so, but because it's the wise thing to do. Prepare to meet. You're going to meet Him one day. You will meet Him one day. Meet Him in the judgment. And I urge you right now to make whatever necessary preparation you need to make. If you're not a Christian, let me urge you to become a Christian by as you hear the gospel of Christ taught, you believe it. You become a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ because Jesus said, Believe that I am He or die in your sins and be willing to repent of your sins because our, the Bible teaches we are to repent or we will lose our souls, Luke 13, 3. And then we be, should be willing to stand before others and confess our faith in Jesus as being the divine Son of the living God. And as a penitent, confessing believer in Jesus, allow some Christian, some servant of God, somewhere, immerse you in water for the forgiveness of your sins. You say, not, not because Brother Lambert says that's the way it has to be, because Jesus said it. Because Jesus said, He that believeth and he is baptized shall be saved. I ask you if you've done that. Are you ready? Why don't you let us help you? If, you? if you want help, call us. Write us. We do everything we possibly can to assist you. Now before we close, may I encourage you to visit the Church of Christ in your community. If you're not certain where the church is located, call us and we will help you. And please right now, pick up the telephone and call for the free Bible Correspondence Course. Be the best thing you've ever done. The best thing you've ever done. I wish I had the time to relate uh, messages that we've received from people who've taken this course and, and how they feel about it. Please, please don't hesitate. Call right now. I want to thank you for watching our telecast today. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you is my prayer. Coming to Faulkner has been one of the best decisions of my life. Not only have I had the chance to meet many great professors, but I've had the chance to be educated by them and become their friends. I had the opportunity to serve the community through Faulkner service programs. I really enjoyed using my talents by helping others. At Faulkner University, we seek to educate the whole person including mind, spirit, and soul. That's what makes us different. Visit our website today to see what Faulkner has for you. Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, Post Office Box 314, Somerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-767-7000.
711-521-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bibles. <laughs>